Welcome to Unapologetically Me with your host, Felicia Schenken. This program is designed to bring you great resources in conjunction with the website phillywnc.org to help you break free from the standard flow of work life and become the person you aspire to be. Now, here is your host, Felicia Schenken. Hello, and welcome back to Unapologetically Me. I am your host, Felicia Schenken. Hello, September, and hello around the world. Thank you for joining us. I love this time of the year. The weather is still nice, the beaches are clear, and the kids are back in school, which are a good thing. I can't believe that summer is over. Where did the year go? We're ending the third quarter of business. I hope you had a good year up to this point, and it's still not too late to finish this year out strong. I have a great guest for you today. Actually, she is the executive director of our nonprofit, the PWNC Foundation. Alexia is the CEO and founder of Coco Life Black. Alexia holds a master's degree in organizational leadership and is certified in mental health awareness and as a postpartum doula. She is a change maker and leading voice on social determinants of health. She offers specialized training for birth workers, doulas, midwives, and medical practitioners. She is an unwavering advocate for healthy babies during the critical first months to five years of life. Alexia empowers mothers and plans healthy solutions with them, not for them. She also launched International Coco Mom Day, making her cause global. Please help me welcome my guest, Alexia Gamboa. I know I messed that up, Alexia. I'm sorry. How are you? <laughs> I am well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Alexia, I, you know, it's sometimes I get your last name right. And then there's sometimes I completely mess it up. And this time I messed it up. So can you pronounce your name for our audience, please? Yes. Alexia Dumboya. Dumboya. And I, I knew that. And I don't know something else completely came out. What does your last name mean, Alexia? You know what? Um, that is actually a good question. It is an inherited last name and I um, from my husband. And I know at one point in time, I didn't know the meaning of it, but now you just gave me a good reason to kind of follow up <laughs> on that meaning. But it is Ghanaian. Um, so my husband's father was originally from Guinea, Guinea um, and came okay. over to the U.S. many years ago, has done some significant work, particularly in the Philadelphia community with creating a Guinean association. Um, and so, you know, I am I am grateful to be and honored to be able to hold this name. But I, that is one thing that I can follow up on. Oh, OK. All right. So one of the things I mentioned is that you are a postpartum doula. OK. I'm just going to ask, what exactly is that? And in that role, what do you do? So as a um, postpartum doula, and I was so excited when I was able to go through the certification process, it is particularly specializing in that um, postpartum experience. So immediately following labor and delivery. But typically that starts once mom comes home, once the expected person comes home from the hospital or if they had a hospital birth or a, excuse me, a home birth, it can initiate right then and there. But the biggest thing that I like to say, and I, you all can't see it, but I'm wearing my doula shirt today because I was doula working today, um, actually. But the scope of a doula, whether it's birth, postpartum, fertility, um, even bereavement, there's a number of different types of doula and doulos, but our scope is to support, be companions, to organize, prepare, and educate. So that's usually a shirt that I wear um, is the scope of a doula and scope is an acronym and spells out those different ways that doulas come into support. Wow. I didn't realize that there was so much that went into, I mean, coming from a, a medical background, I understood what a doula is kind of. So you did kind of uh, explain that a little bit more and I hope my audience uh, understand. And I'm sure because this is syndicated in so many countries, there are a lot of countries that do know what a doula means. So thank you for sharing that with us, Alexia. So let me ask you, what were you doing before you decided to pursue full-time entrepreneurship and this field? Two questions. How long have you also been an entrepreneur? 
All right. So um, I'll start there. So I've been an entrepreneur since 2017. You know what? Actually, let me let me rephrase that. I've been in the entrepreneurial space since the age of 15, when I first started kind of like um, running my own business, which was a seasonal business. Um, but I used to go to different homes to help do like landscaping and in the wintertime shoveling snow and things like that. But because I know that, you know, that may not necessarily work for the departments of labor across the different places, we'll say formally as far as an organized organization and established organization since 2017, which is when I started one of my um, capstone businesses, Milestone Pros. Wow. So, okay. So let me get this right. You have two or three businesses that you're running. Is that correct? Two businesses. Yes. Okay. So one of them is the Coco Life Black. And what is the other one? The other one is Milestone Pros. So we sit um, on both sides. The for-profit business is Milestone Pros, which is a professional evolution agency. We offer support to independent professionals and business owners, particularly in the space of marketing and where it integrates with public relations. So we do a lot of brand support and um, exposure. We also do a lot of training and curriculum development um, for different at the organizational level. So that's Milestone Pros. And that came out of one of the questions that you asked, which was my background. Right. So my work history had been in the space of operations leadership. I've worked for a few different insurance companies on the health insurance side and the property and casualty side and have worked to integrate, um, optimize and stand uh, implement businesses domestic and internationally. So right as I was kind of transitioning out of my role, I decided to take those skills that I had developed and learned and start Milestone. Okay. So years are going on, going on um, due to my own personal experience with pregnancy, postpartum, loss, um, gains, and then those same experiences by friends and family close to me, I recognized that there was an opportunity to simplify the access to these maternal health and wellness resources. And that's where CocoLife.Black came from. Okay. Ultimately, in that same time frame, uh, my church, Enon in Philadelphia, decided to start a doula ministry. And so it was pretty much perfect timing because that allowed me to also become a doula, which married perfectly with the work that I was already doing with Coco Light. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what, what happens when someone one day says, okay, I want to become a doula. (laughs) Um, Now I know part of it had to do with your personal experience of, of having, uh, was it trauma with your births or, or, uh, what was going on with you that um, you decided to kind of like make this your life mission? You know, one of the things that I say, um, my cousin says, who who has worked very closely with me in this space and even my uncle, one of the things we oftentimes say is there's purpose to our pain. Right. And so um, I have experienced losses um, in pregnancy, so miscarriages, um, also even elected termination, um, okay. before. And so I dealt with a lot mentally and emotionally in that space. Um, and then went through postpartum depression with my first child, our first child, who's now 11. Um, and even our second child, who's now three, who's going on three. And it just became so overwhelming. And I remember, thinking this, but it was articulated best over the past few months in a TikTok that I saw. And the TikTok video literally went something like, it was a mom sitting there with kids kind of running around her. And she was like, so I hear it takes a village to raise a child. So do they just show up or is there a number that we call? (laughs) And I'm like, exactly. So like one of our phrases with Coco Life is we're cultivating community. Because one of the things I know personally and that I see happen every day is the statistics are high, particularly in black and brown communities. We are three times more likely to die during pregnancy related experiences. Our children are oftentimes more likely to be born premature. And it has just created a space, a need. Okay. But it's a community 
effort that goes into it. Yes, there's a significant amount of race-related disparities in Black maternal health. Mm-hmm. And um, we believe as mom ambassadors in this space that another way to address that is to create this community-empowered model of care. And so that's kind of where all of this came from, um, is again, that there's purpose to my own pain that I've gone through and just recognizing the need for us to be even more communal as we heal from a lot of this trauma. Wow. Yeah. Because, you know, people don't realize, um, again, coming from the medical background, I can relate to what it is that you're talking about, not specifically dealing with high risk pregnancies or um, mothers uh, that are pregnant, different things like that. But one of the things I used to fight about because I started in radiology is when uh, pregnant women would come, especially in their first trimester. And we all know how important that first trimester is. Those first 12 weeks will make or break you. And I remember these women coming into the emergency room. Oh, I have a headache. I have a migraine. Well, you're pregnant. Your body's going through changes. So you're going to have the swelling of your feet, your ankles, you know, having to go to the bathroom more, eating strange things. But one of the things that I would fight about is the first thing they would do is order diagnostic test. And I'm like, you are in your first trimester of pregnancy. You have a headache. So they're going to bring you up here. They're going to CAT scan you, which gives you radiation to your face, even though we covering you with uh, a lead apron. That is still radiation to your body, potential to your child. And you don't know what are the chances you might have a child that come out with no problems or Later down the line, you might have. And of course, you won't think back nine months ago, oh, I had a CAT scan or I had a X-ray or I had an MRI. And, you know, now all these things are happening. So, you know, we need people like you in this world to just bring more awareness, especially in our community. Um, you know, the black and brown community, the low income community, the underserved communities, the communities that normally don't get the type of health care uh, that someone with great insurance or even someone who could pay out of their pocket. So I- I'm glad that you addressed that. So, you know, you educate mothers on tools and resources, um, including the CDC Act Early initiative that tracks milestone children um, where they should reach between birth and five years old. So you and your team embrace the idea that it takes, like you said, a village because no pregnant woman or mother should feel alone or be alone. So um, I love the name of, you're the founder, and I also love the name of Coco Life Black. Um, What inspired you to call your company Coco Life Black and how did this come about? Okay, story time. So um, one, <laughs> take your time. <laughs> let me back up and say too, Felicia, um, as you being in that mom ambassador space and you doing and saying exactly what you said is also what's needed. And I think that's the aspect of community that is oftentimes underutilized. Right. And so I believe that, um, being heard is ultimately the biggest piece. Like um, one of my features was actual, or I was featured, I should say, through the CDC Hear Her campaign, because one of the things that I shared was that was an issue. I remember during my second pregnancy going into my OBGYN practice, which was a number of people in that practice. And you got to meet with all of them because you never know who's going to deliver your baby. And so at this time, I was trying to be more more transparent. So I decided to share what I was going through emotionally, mentally. And I remember the OB saying, "Okay, well, you're pregnant. Like, what were you expecting? And I and she walked out the room and closed the door. And I remember saying to myself, so she's not delivering my baby. And I walked out and immediately said that. So hearing um, our women, hearing our, our dads as well is very important. And so the name I say that because originally our name was Coco Bump. Okay. When we first started in 2020, it was, um, or 2019, actually, it was Coco Bump. And so that name came from just, again, the thought about the expected purse, the expected mom and that little Coco Bump. What happened was we saw a significant um, increase in attention to Coco Bump. And we actually got contacted by another organization that had a similar name, but was doing some other work. Um, And they said, your name just sounds really close to ours. And, you know, we need you to consider. 
I was excited because they had been in business for years. We were brand new. And I was like, yes, that means this, you know, we are doing some great things here. So I talked to my attorney. She was like, listen, you said you wanted to center around education. You really wanted this to be even more expanded than just pregnant expected persons. So change the name. You're new. So we changed to Coco Life. My brother-in-law, who's in the tech space, said, why don't you just use a dot black domain? And I was like, there's dot black domains? Yeah, and right. I didn't even know go. that. <laughs> and the rest is history. So that's how we changed. Uh, less than a year into formation, we shifted to Coco Life dot black. And now here recently got our um, 501c3 as a nonprofit. Wow. Wow. So that just goes to show you uh, there's there's always a great story behind a name. Um, you know, I'm always curious and ask people uh, about their business name and how did they come about that? You know, like with the PWNC, the Philadelphia Women's Network Connection, mine was a, a vision and a Panera Bread. Uh, you know, just sitting there one December even, uh, day and, and having coffee. And I just got this idea, this vision, some people say. And, uh, you know, some people are like, well, why was it called? And I'm like, well, at the time, that's how it came to me. So I, I like that Coco Life uh, dot black. And, I, and again, what is this dot black? It's not dot black. Uh, it's not dot black com. It's is it what is nope. that? <laughs> dot black is the domain. So our, our business official name is Coco Life Inc. But DBA and what we're known are is Coco Life dot black because that's the website. www.cocolife.black. Okay. And I've been to your website. It's a a good looking website. It's very colorful. We're going to be going to break in a moment, but it's very colorful. And I love the fact that if you guys get the opportunity um, at the end, Alexia will let you know how she can get, how you can get in contact with her. Please go to her website. Some of the pictures are beautiful. You have women in like ice cream colors and everybody looks so fresh and, and it's just beautiful to look at. So um, we're about to go to break now. We have to pay some bills and we will be back with Alexia having a great conversation today. Philadelphia Women's Network Connection is a premier women's networking group. We help professional businesswomen and solo women entrepreneurs who lack exposure in the marketplace learn how to find untapped resources to grow their business and find connections with professionals that get proven results. If you're ready to become a full-time entrepreneur, we're ready to support you with a variety of resources. Visit phillywnc.org to get started. That's phillywnc.org. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Unapologetically Me with host Felicia Schenken. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please send an email to unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. That's unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. And now back to Unapologetically Me. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is your host, Felicia Shankin, and we are on Unapologetically Me having a great conversation with Alexia today. So, Alexia, my next question for you is um, you wear so many hats and I must say you are very talented. You are certified in mental health awareness which is so important today, especially amongst our young people. Can you share a little with the audience about what you do in this role and why it is so important nowadays? Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for that acknowledgement. Um, Particularly when we think about just different experiences, especially for our young people, there has been even more need for an emphasis placed on mental health awareness. And I actually got that certification. Surprise, surprise. During the (laughs) quarantine part of the pandemic. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. And what informed that? um, And it's it. September is also Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And so one of the things that informed that is that my daughter was really going through it. 
And I was really going through it during that quarantine period. I had just had a child. So I'm in this postpartum period. I had just lost my mom and my now father-in-law about a year and a half before that. And now I'm stuck in the house and I'm an extroverted person. I love being outside and I can't. And I'm sitting here with all of these emotions swirling around and I'm, you know, 35 plus. Right. And my nine, 10 year old is going through it. And I'm like, OK, so we need to be very intentional about how we navigate this space. Um, thankfully, I always grew up in a family that affirmed mental health resources like therapists and counselors. And so it came time for us to be able to implement those same sort of strategies. But I also wanted to understand and have a higher sense of um, awareness about it. So that's what allowed me to pursue that particular certification. And then thinking about what the youth were going through, I can, I'll never forget talking to my daughter and I was getting on her about logging in for school. And I'm like, why are you upset? You're working from home. You have a beautiful space to quarantine in. And she's like, I can't see any of my friends. And in that moment, I could see the pain in her eyes. And I checked myself. Um, As a parent, especially growing up kind of old school, like I did, kids weren't oftentimes given a quote unquote voice. It was like, be seen and not heard. Do as I say, not as I do. And it was a very unempowering experience sometimes growing up. But my husband and I, Musa, vowed that we would try to approach this differently. And so when it comes to mental health, again, particularly with young people, we see the rates of suicide increasing exponentially. And then, of course, again, for our black and brown kids, especially, and we just have to do a better job of making sure that we're checking in with them. Right. Um, and creating resources for them. Right. It's so important. You're absolutely right. I remember when I was going through nursing school, um, one of our rotations was through the psychiatric ward. And uh, I did my um, rotation down at Jefferson uh, Hospital here in Philadelphia. And I remember they brought this young girl in and she was, I don't know, I think uh, maybe 16 years old. And the look in her face and in her eyes, you just knew that she was completely disconnected from everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't get an opportunity to, because of HIPAA laws and things, I didn't get an opportunity to see what happened that this young woman was like this. And she wanted to take her life. And um, it, it was so... I, I, I can't even explain the word. It was just a feeling. My heart went out to her, first of all, because I'm a Christian and life is so precious, um, you know, and for a person to want to take their life, there's a, definitely a lot of trauma there that's going on. But to be 16 years old, and there's a lot that are out here like this, whether they're uh, dealing with gender identities or if they're dealing with uh, just trying to survive in a world that sometimes is not very nice. And I know, especially with uh, school children, they can be very vicious at times. Mm-hmm. And it's not purposely, but, you know, we're afraid of things that are different from us. Um, so, you know, so instead of uh, embracing that, what we do is we tend to pick on it. Uh, or pick on that person. You know, they come to school, they might be a little raggedy, a little dirty, the hair is not kept, they don't have lunch, they're going through something, but children don't realize that. They they see, you know, they're not yeah. used to seeing that. So instantly they're saying, oh, you know, that kid, uh, blah, blah, blah. But we don't know what's going on in their home life. So I, I like the fact that you are, like I said, you wear a lot of hats. And I love that about health awareness. So um, two of your titles are Bridge Builder and Connect. Can you tell us what these are and how does it play into everything that you are doing in your business now? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say one of the biggest things that I noticed in that space with youth too, it made me think back to my own time um, as a child, as a as a young person. And I remember that struggle and that was pre-social media even. And I remember attempting and considering attempt um, at taking my own life. 
And, and I can recall being in college and struggling wow. with some of the same experiences. And I can recall thinking back to the sexual assault experiences that I had as a child and blaming myself for them. And so when you start to aggregate um, all of these experiences, and especially when they go un, um, unaddressed, it is very difficult to keep present and even keep confident in life um, and you being here. And I thank God for his grace and mercy throughout each one of these different ventures um, and experiences. And I think that's the bridge piece is being able to build that bridge through each life experience, um, not recognizing that it's all going to make sense in the long run. You may not see that as you're starting on one side of the bridge, but as you just keep pushing forward to the next chapter, there is connection and, and there is purpose to even the pain. And none of us want to go through it because it's extremely uncomfortable. And um, someone has to go through it because there's also a testimony on the other side. And so that's the bridge between the, these different life experiences that I've started to realize um, and live life in that way so that it doesn't feel like meaningless just experiences with no sort of intention. And then the connection piece comes in with building community. Um, and so there's a book that I read by Resma Minikin and it's called My Grandmother's Hands. And one of the things that it talked about in this book was how we heal from racialized trauma, for instances. And one of the biggest ways that we do that is through communal healing. And so there is such a need throughout every race and nationality and all these different um, demographics that we occupy, if you will. But there's a big need for us to come together, start to identify what our traumas were that, were, that we experienced, start to call them by name so that we no right. longer carry the shame, and then start to move towards those healing spaces. So I think for the bridge and the connection piece, Yes, of course, there's all kinds of business um, continuity in it. Sure, networking and those things are important. And what I've found to be the most valuable piece for any of us, no matter which space we occupy, is to make sure we address um, the internal challenges and struggles that we've gone through. Start to build some bridges between each of those experiences and then start to connect with other people to heal. That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. So now we're going to go a little bit left. Can we talk a little bit about prenatal and postpartum depression? How important is it to get the message out about these two behaviors, uh, if that's what they can be called? And the reason why I'm saying that is that this is not something that is only in the United States. This is something that is around the world. And a lot of people uh, not they don't recognize the signs and the symptoms of prenatal and postpartum depression. So can we talk a little bit about that? Yes, and we should. And um, the language that we started to shift to is PMAD, which stands for perinatal or postpartum mood and anxiety disorder. And so what we see now is that shift in language um, to kind of be a little more inclusive and also starting to recognize that it does happen to the expected person and it also affects dad too or that person's partner. And so it's important to right. not forget particularly about um, the perinatal side because even if you've never had an issue with um, or a challenge with mental health, just getting going through that process of of um, getting pregnant or as you're navigating those different gestational periods, your hormones shift and they change um, and they're impacted in ways you can never imagine. And it happens emotionally and mentally. Correct. And so you got to make sure because sometimes I'll see that's probably one of the most underrated parts um, of this whole disorder and these different experiences is that perinatal side. We're starting to see a little more um, information and emphasis being put on the perinatal and postpartum. 
But I think one of the things, too, that I've really made it my business to highlight is I am not a fan of that term baby blues. I'm not. The, it used to be right. a time. Me neither. Yeah. We talk about, oh, baby blues. It's just if you're feeling sad and, you know, it's just if you're feeling this. And I'm like, uh-uh. Because what we don't need to do is minimize the feelings that we're having and start to give and out. We as women already will most times not own up to what we're going through because we want to be super this and that based on certain societal um, norms and expectations globally. Um, and men, again, I know this affects you too. And so true. we have to make sure that we talk about it and give space. So in doing that, that's why we have this conversation. You're so right. I mean, like you said, you know, we as women, we are the mothers, the wives, the caretakers, uh, you know, and everything else in between. And we try to be superheroes. And, you know, I found out long time ago that, um, you know, I just couldn't do it all. And and you can't do it all. You, you have to recognize and know when it's time for you to get help. Um, and that's why it's so important to have uh, these communities like yours that women know, especially when they're dealing with postpartum depression and being a new mother, that's being scary because, you know, as a new mother, like everyone says, you know, you never, no one is ever ready to be a mom unless it's something that they're really planning for. You know, you, you see these idolized TV shows where the moms are perfect, the children are perfect, but they don't realize that when the baby is here now, you might get two hours of sleep at night or your, your mood's going to change because now you have a child to take care of. You might have your husband you have to take care of. If he's not supportive, You still if you have other children, it's still even harder. Now, I can't even imagine because you were saying that you have an 11 year old I think you said 11 year old and a four-year-old two oh two-year-old wow so I, I can't even imagine like the dynamics there um trying to keep the attention of the two-year-old and and still you know dealing with the 11 year old who I happen to meet nice young lady <laughs> so I, I don't even how I don't even know how you're able to even deal with that oh me neither. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, grace of God, you know, and I'm so thankful for my husband for being able to step in and support the way that he has. And we've grown um, even through this, because as I mentioned, we were newly married when we had MJ, um, the now two year old, actually going on three year old. And so which had just lost our parents. And so it really, again, taught me, I had to learn about the experiences that he even had through this maternal wow. and paternal health journey. So it's a lot to think about and be considerate of in this space. Yeah, but one of the things that is so important that you have is a supportive spouse. Um, I can definitely say he is supportive in everything that it is that you do and you have to. So I don't even know how women that don't have that support or are raising families or children of their own, how they deal with it. Um, you know, having to deal with their emotions, raising a, a, a new child or even bringing a new child into the family, dealing with children, maybe that they already have, um, you know, again, I have to say it's so important to have organizations like yours to let women know that help is available and so are resources. And these are women that have families of their own. So it's not like somebody talking to them that don't know what it is that they go through. Correct? Mm, yes, absolutely. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love PWNC, because it is yet another resource for the moms in this community, for the women in this community. So as they're trying to figure out work-life balance or am I transitioning back to work? Can I start this business now? That's why when we talk about Cocoa Life, it is maternal health, but it's an ecosystem that we're looking to create. So whether you need a doula or an accountant, a lawyer or a business strategist, we want to serve you. 
I love it. All right. On that note, we're about to go to another break, how to pay some bills. So we will be back talking to Alexia. Thank you. Philadelphia Women's Network Connection is a premier women's networking group. We help professional businesswomen and solo women entrepreneurs who lack exposure in the marketplace learn how to find untapped resources to grow their business and find connections with professionals that get proven results. If you're ready to become a full-time entrepreneur, we're ready to support you with a variety of resources. Visit phillywnc.org to get started. That's phillywnc.org. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Unapologetically Me with host Felicia Schenken. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please send an email to unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. That's unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. And now back to Unapologetically Me. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is Felicia Shank, and I am your host, and this is Unapologetically Me. Today, we're speaking with Alexia, and she is telling us some great information as far as being a doula. She explained to us what that was. She also is certified in mental health awareness, and she has so many other things going on. But Alexa, one of the things I wanted to ask you, I know that you went to Washington uh, to get uh, was it a bill passed or law passed? Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Um, so I am also connected with a, an organization um, that brings together Black women across the nation. And we have chapters in, in different areas that allow us to um, kind of commune together. And I got introduced to this organization through a really good friend of mine. And one of the things that we did was um, it was called the Black Women's Roundtable. And so what we did was travel down to D.C. in the early part of March. And the goal was to come to reinforce um, the confirmation of Katanji Brown Jackson, um, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, okay. into the Supreme Court justice position. And so we wanted to make sure okay. that she was conferred into that position. And so we were down there to support this initiative um, and to push forward that movement. Um, but what I will say is at the start of this year, I remember doing my vision board and we did it as a family exercise this time. We did a personal one, a professional one and a family one. And on my professional one, I had a few things on there. One was like a 501c3 for Coco Life and a few other things. Nice. And then one of the things that I put on there was the Capitol building. And I said, God, I don't know how you're going to do it or what it's going to look like, but I want to work with the government. And I want to somehow start to wow. develop that relationship. So that was kind of the first um, opportunity to in uh, be in that space. And then from there, literally like the week before, I got a chance to connect with the department, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Um, and the week before we hosted an event through the, the foundation, we held the first Black Maternal Health Summit in Philadelphia. So Coco Life and the Department of Health and Human Services partnered together on that with Enon, Tabernacle Baptist Church in Philly. And during that summit, we got proclamations from the mayor's office and the governor of PA deeming March 19th as Black Maternal Health Day. And so that's awesome. I am speechless at how, you know, God has decided to um, enlarge our territory and grow. But I know it is particularly for the relationships that come for the other mom ambassadors that are in our space. And again, to make sure we build positive spaces, um, inclusive spaces as it relates to our black and brown moms so that they can feel heard and seen um, and we have better maternal health outcomes. I think that's awesome. And congratulations, because that is huge. That is absolutely huge. So I want to I want to ask you, if someone was thinking about becoming a postpartum doula, what are three tips you would give them and why? Three tips. So 
I'm going to make some assumptions in, in them deciding to go this way. But one thing I'll say is to make sure that they're getting into it for the love of the people and not for the idea of what they think it produces, especially financially. You will go and do some Googling and it will make you think that doulas, um, whatever side we sit on are out here making all kinds of bank. And there are some that really do. But that's not why we get into it. Similar to, I'm sure, what informed you going into your space um, originally in the medical field and then even beyond. So I would say with that in mind and it not being for anything but the love of people to keep in mind that you have to have a heart to serve whatever service looks like. So just because you're there to support the maternal side of things, it doesn't mean they may not need you to run, go pick up a prescription or to make a phone call or to find another resource in a different capacity like childcare. So be open to that. Um, number, so that's the heart to serve and, and being open to that. Number two, I would say to start to generate a list of what your expectations are for your relationships with your families, your moms and your families, and what you will and won't do. So you can have expectations <laughs> for them as well. Um, because especially on this postpartum side, you can pretty, I can pretty much do anything, but it's not anything that I am going to do. Like, like I'm, I am not the, the meal prepared person, like as far as cooking a meal, but I will order you an Instacart. I will go pick up groceries. I will do all those sorts of things, but I'm not cooking. That's just, that's just not what I do. Um, so setting expectations for yourself and then what you're able to provide <laughs> for others. And then lastly, um, keep the faith. There'll be times where you want to stop, where you don't understand why you're doing this, where it's no longer important. And you need to remember that that first reason that got you into it and stay faithful to that decision. So those would be the three things that I would say. I love it. You know, that's so important. Um, first of all, I like the fact that you say you have to love what you you do. I remember when I went to nursing school, you know, you had the, these young Women and men come in there with the idea of, oh, I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to make a lot of money, blah, 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 blah. You know, and their their whole mentality was I got to get an A, got to get an A. My mentality was C's get degrees. And a patient, when you walk into that room, they're not going to say to you, were you an A student, B student, C student, D student? That patient is going to say to you, do you know how to take care of me? That's all they care about. They want to make sure that they are in a safe environment and they want to make sure that the person taking care of them knows what they are doing. And if you don't love what you're doing, you're, you're not going to, first of all, you can't even be put your whole heart into it. So, you know, you have to be in tune what it is. That's one of the reasons why I became an entrepreneur leaving the corporate world. Um, you know, I was working with the Department of Veteran Affairs. I love what I was doing, working with the vets. But I knew that there was something more to my life than me being at a job and working a job for the rest of my life. That just not, that was not the makeup for me. So I love what I do. And still to this day, you know, I love serving. And I always say that um, if you're like yourself, if you're in a field or you have a degree of serving, being an entrepreneur is an easy transition because you're doing the same thing. You're just doing it on the opposite side. So what are the projects and speaking engagements are you presently working on that you can share with us? So we have a few things that are coming up as it relates to the rest of the year. Um, we are actually going to be collaborating with um, the, the foundation, of course, to do an event for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So we're super excited about that. We're going to also be collaborating with Enon Tabernacle Baptist Church again to do our Women's Know Your Numbers event. Um, and this, we're going to also have a mom lounge, which is going to be a great space for people to come. And so when we do the Know Your Numbers, we literally turn Enon, our church, into like a hospital clinic with a very engaging, fun side of it too. So not just getting screenings done, but also coming to learn from each other, to network, to engage, to socialize and fellowship. 
Um, and then in between all of this, we have a lot of virtual events. One we're most excited about is our Compassion Side, which is run by Beauty Over Ashes. We are hosting our first gala. It is October 2nd, and we're super excited to be able to support um, Erica Lynn Cotton and this initiative. Our Compassion Side of Coco Life focuses on the moms who may have experienced the loss of a child or significant loved one. So that's what's kind of coming up for now to the rest of the year. I love it. I love it. You know, you have so many things. Like I told you guys, she wears a lot of hats. She does a lot of things. And one thing that you did mention, um, again, is that Alexi and I are doing an event together in October. Actually, it's on a Tuesday, October 4th, um, to be exact. And the name of that is called Boobs and Bubbly. So it's a breast cancer networking event. For those who may not know, October here in the States is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And so if you're in the Pennsylvania area, uh, specifically Philadelphia, please join us uh, for an evening evening of vending, networking, good food, and specialty cocktails. Now, who doesn't like that? And you can register for that event at bit.ly forward slash PWNC boobs. So that's easy to remember. Again, that's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash PWNC boobs. So Alexia, before uh, we start wrapping up, uh, is there anything that you would like to leave our audience with? I mean, congratulations again on everything that you're doing. I love seeing you and your business grow. You know, we as small business owners, we need to support one another. I think it's so important. So what words of wisdom uh, do you want to leave us with before we start wrapping up? I think one of the things that is most important is um, something that that came to me as far as um, each year, I'll say it this way, I feel like God gives me like this scripture to kind of take heed to, and it informs a lot of my year. And so this year coming into it was Luke 1 and 45, and it said, blessed is she who remembers God's promises to her. And so what I would leave to anyone listening, um, regardless of what your faith orientation may be, is just know that every promise that has been made for your life is yours. Nothing can change it. Nothing can shift it, but you own it. And so you have 100% the capacity to influence. And no matter what you may have been through, that promise on your life and the reason why you are here is still yours. And it's something that a good girlfriend of mine and I talk about um, in so many different spaces. And I think it's just important for us again, especially as women across the globe, to remind ourselves of that there's a promise on your life, you own it, and it's yours. I love it. And I think you have that uh, mantra on your website, uh, the first part of it. And I, I love the fact that you you are not afraid to form collaborations with so many women organizations, uh, working with them uh, as far as what it is that we're doing. That's something that PWNC definitely believes in is collaboration. I tell people, I said, even though we've been here a little over four years, we have grown so much because of the relationships we have built and the collaborations that we have built and yours being one of them. But one thing I always ask my guests, usually at the beginning of uh, the podcast is, how did we meet Alexia? <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> I, of course I do. I was just looking at the picture. Um, so funny <laughs> enough, I was just telling my girlfriend, Anika, this story. Um, we were working on an initiative for her event in September for Men World Mental Health Day. And it was in October. It's in October as well. But I was telling her about how I met Felicia. So I also have an aunt named Felicia. So when I first talked about, I'm talking about Felicia, Felicia, Felicia. She's like, are you mean your aunt? And then I'm like, no, it's, I, I met this <laughs> woman um, at an Independence Blue Cross, well, at the Independence Blue Cross office, but through an initiative that was, that my realtor actually introduced me to. And it was an amazing networking event. Um, and we were up on the 40 something floor of the Blue Cross building. Um, and it was right. a great chance. And as soon as I said hello to you and we started talking, we shared so many similar ideas about what we wanted to do in the space and especially was supporting um, entrepreneurs and, and business professionals. And from there, we connected. 
we met again um, and just have been connected ever since. And so that um, for me was another blessing. I feel like God brings different people into our lives for a reason. Um, and I knew once we connected that there was going to be something more that came of it. Absolutely. I remember you saying to me, you were like, I want to work with you and PWNC. And keep in mind, everyone, this is when PWNC was still kind of young. I I don't even I think we were at going into our second year. I'm not sure. But I always say like attracts like. And uh, one thing I love about Alexia is she's a hustler like me. And she's not afraid to roll up her sleeves and get the job done and do whatever it takes to make sure that the outcome um, is a great one. And uh, and oftentimes she reminds me because I'm a perfectionist. So that that's my thing. And, you know, and I expect that from everyone else, which I, I know I shouldn't. But um, she reminds me at times, you know, sometimes you have to give grace. You have to be graceful. You have to give grace. You have to remember that everybody is not like you. So you you extract from each person what they can add to you and you make it work. And that's how you form a team. And that's how everybody comes together. So, Alexia, I want to thank you for being on today. You were a great guest. Um, I love I love having you in my network. I love having you. As part of my board. And thank you for breaking down and telling exactly uh, what a doula does and the many things that you do, especially in the community. So let everyone know how they can get in contact with you. Oh, you can um, follow us on social media. And I'm, I'm going to specifically highlight CocoLife.Black. And thank you so much again, Felicia, just for this opportunity and for your um, loyalty and the legacy that we're working on. But um, CocoLife.Black is Instagram. It is Twitter. It is Pinterest. <laughs> it is YouTube. <laughs> um, and it's the website, www.CocoLife.Black. Um, so you can Google it as well, and it'll come right up. Uh, we are always welcoming my ambassadors across the globe. If you have a heart to serve, you care about this space, particularly in helping to improve outcomes for Black maternal um, in the space of Black maternal health, we need your support. So you can go right to our website and learn more about how you can get involved in the things that we do. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. So everyone, thank you for joining us today. If you would like to sponsor a show or know about sponsorship opportunities, sponsor ads for your business and so on, please reach out to us at unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. If you would like to ask questions to be included in our next show, please send to unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. Have a wonderful rest of your September. I will talk to you next month with another fabulous guest. Take care and stay well. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Me with Felicia Schenken. New shows come out every month, so keep checking back for our new content on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again very soon. 